I, uh, we got to eat dinner. My wife and I got to eat dinner with, with them. And I was always, I think it's because my mom, who's also here, my mom and dad, my mom grew up as a missionary's kid in Nigeria. And I think I just have the bug. If I'm not out of the country every year, I, I just go nuts. I mean, more than I am already, if you can imagine that. I absolutely love short-term mission trips. In fact, one of the reasons why I'm probably not the best counselor out there is because I just feel like pretty much everything can be solved with a short-term mission. <laughs> just go away. Get some perspective. Love on people. Be a minority. Um, okay, we are talking uh, again tonight about being a witness. Surprise, surprise. And one of the things that's one of the things that is very important. Um, actually, I'm going to pray first, and then we're, then we're going to go on. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. First and foremost, we just come with an attitude of gratitude. Just thank you so much that we're able to gather here together. We're able to get to know each other, uh, help each other's kids. I really have a great sense of community here at Gull Lake. Father, I thank you for East West. I ask that you please bless all their work. Lord, I also just, I ask that, uh, just give them spiritual protection too, please that any and all challenges will be from you, Lord, to grow endurance and perseverance, but that the enemy will have no territory. Any of their trips, um, any of their staff, Lord, that you will help protect them with your hedge of protection, please. Father, I ask that you continue to dive in with us here. We invite you in. Holy Spirit, come. Come, you're welcome in this place. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the things that I've always valued about Gold Lake in our six years coming is there seems to be a value, at least with the speakers we've always come to, that uh, helping marriages, helping families, whether it's parenting, whether it's marriage, whatever it might be, relationships in general. And so I want to take a little bit of time tonight to talk about what I believe is one of the most, most important um, aspects of our witness. And uh, I'm going to need to erase this, a lot of this stuff. Sorry. But one of the most important aspects of our witness for those of us who have entered into this covenant of marriage um, is, is marriage itself. Like, like, I really believe. You know someone with a great marriage? If you do, consider yourself blessed. Because there's not a lot there's honestly not a lot out there. But everybody wants one, don't they? If, if you're not married, you, you want to have a good marriage, a great marriage. If you are married, you want to have a great marriage. If somehow, due to life, due to other things, you were married and now you're not married anymore, then uh, at least in my experience, those individuals would still rather have a great marriage. And it seems to be something that uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to shy away from, the importance of our witness uh, in marriage. And this is also going to be about uh, men and women in general and how we are different. Because I believe when we talk about being a witness, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. Say it again. The light that shines the brightest shines or that, that shines the farthest, shines the brightest at home. You think about a lighthouse. 
If it shines bright, yeah. If you're right up there on that lighthouse tower, uh, you're, you're blind if you look at that light. And so I'm going to talk a little bit tonight, very practically, about um, gender relationships, how we communicate, because unfortunately, I, I think I see the enemy, the world, um, our own flesh, say, man, I want to take down that marriage. I want to I bust up that relationship of some sort, whether it's friendships, whether it's coworkers, between men and women, because, but especially with marriage, if I can, if I can break up that marriage, then everything else is going to be affected in their life. I often say to people, man, when Ange and I are good, when Ange and I are good, everything's good. When we're not good, it's not good. Nothing's good. Whatever else happens, it's not as good. And so I really believe that a big part of our witness as Christ followers is to look at our relationships in order to see what God is doing and share it with other people because people want it. They really do want it. And so, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun too tonight. But just as a reminder of the importance of this, if you go to Genesis, I'm, I, I love Genesis, spending a lot of time in Genesis obviously this week. Genesis chapter 2, it's a very curious verse in Genesis chapter 2. This, of course, is before the fall. Genesis 2.18. God's created man. He's created creatures. It's all good. Everything's great. Sin had not yet entered the world, and yet, this is what God says. I mean, Adam and God have this thing going on. They're together. What could be better? And God says, it is not good that man should be alone. Are you serious? There's no sin. What's not good? Something's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, something that I have seen in our culture and this may be news to you tonight, is that men and women are different. Okay, good, laughter. Okay, good, if you're like, yeah, uh, no, they're not. Okay, we started a different place then. But men and women are different. And I just want to say, what if that is on purpose? I know, it's, it's harder. But what if that's on purpose? But even more so, what if those differences can actually bring about a stronger team, a stronger witness. Because I don't, I don't believe God does things just to like waste time. Like I think it's intentional. There's, there's no coincidences. I think it's intentional. And so tonight, <laughs> I love doing this. We're going to talk about men and women and how they're different. Now, we're going to be talking about gender differences in communication, some other things. And here's the point. The point is not that all the men become women in their communication, or all the women become men in their communication. That's not the point. Yes, we want to understand each other a little better, we want to compromise, do some other things. The point is so that we can understand each other's hearts, regardless of what comes out of our mouth or our actions, 
we can understand each other's hearts. Because listen, we're supposed to be known by how we love one another. And the main way we show other people in the world how we love one another is what comes out of our mouth. What comes out of our mouth comes from what's in our heart. So, with that, I'm going to start with an illustration. Because I believe the basis of so much of what happens in conflict between men and women um, can be explained with this one answer. If you can answer this question, you got like 95% of the issues. Okay, 95%. So here's the question. Let's just say you have a group of guys. So this is like a street here. There's a stoplight down there. Okay, group of guys. I don't know, young, emerging adult, which is like from 14 to 40 now. Um, emerging adult, guys, emerging adult group coming down the sidewalk here. And they're in a, in a convertible. It's summertime, right? And uh, there's a convertible. There's a, there's a young lady who's fairly attractive in a convertible driving. The light's turning red, so she's slowing down. Now these guys, you know, they're strolling, just having a good time. What might happen if the timing works to where the woman who's slowing down is at the same time as the group of guys might be on that particular corner? What, what might happen next? A little bit of whistling. Very, very polite men here. Anything else might happen? Hey, girl, we'll add to something, you know? So the, the, the question is that if we can answer this, it solves so many of the problems, is why in the world would men do this? Some of you have been asking that question for a long time. Why would men do this sort of thing? I mean, do you really, do, do you really think that men are thinking, oh, man, if I say certain really harsh things to her, she, I'm going to sweep her off her feet. Uh, no. So, so why? Why do men do this? Any, any answers? Impress each other? Might be part of it. They, they, think, they may think it flatters her. You know, she's getting all this attention. Not a lot of thought, just in general. Not a lot of thought before they speak. Anything else? They can't come up with anything better. Okay, good. All right, we're raising the bar high for men. Shine bright. No, okay, so I, I think, first of all, uh, most women would say, if that happens, what are they thinking? They're thinking, turn green, turn green, turn green. There's five strange guys whistling at me. Okay, but, but the answer really revolves around this next situation I'm going to put before you. Let's say the roles were reversed. And there's a young guy in the car, in the convertible. And there are five young women walking on the sidewalk together. You know, I've never seen this, but let's say it is happening. <laughs> and... And they say, you know, all of a sudden, you know, same thing, stop light, the guy stops, and, and they're thinking, uh, you know, and then they, they start going, woo, look at you. Okay, what's the guy? Is the guy thinking turn green? To, no, he's thinking, hello, ladies. Hey, nice to meet you, all of you. And, and this gets at this root that is so important when it comes to understanding our differences, and that is in general. We communicate, that is speaking and listening, 
as if we are speaking to someone in our same sex group, okay, men to men, women to women. And this is because we spend about 85 to 95% of our time from five years old on up in same sex groups. Men, boys with boys, girls with girls, because typically, at least in the West, school, and on the playground, and what you see in sports teams and all this stuff. And so men become really expert at kind of men's world, guys' world stuff. And women become pretty expert at women's world stuff. And so when they come together and they're talking to each other, they're expecting the person listening to be, if it's a woman, to be, to be a woman, to respond like a woman, to talk like a woman, to listen like a woman. And the guy's thinking the same thing. I know you're a woman, but I'm expecting you to be a guy and all that stuff. And then you throw in anger or pressure or tension in the relationship. And it's just reverting more and more back to, well, this is what I know. I'm an expert over here. And I got to make sure that I'm clear in my communication. Someone, I've read a book. Be clear. I want to be clear from what I know. And it can turn into this. Things blow up. And no one wanted that. No one wanted that. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about some of these differences. Because I know you have tomorrow morning off. I need something to talk about <laughs> on your stroll through campus. So I'll give you some, give you some help in that. So this is my first example. You have guys world over here where things are built around competition and protection most of the time when they're younger, okay? And so why in the world would you share a weakness over here in guys' world? You don't share weaknesses? Because, I mean, for one thing, one of my favorite games as a kid was something called King of the Hill. It's very, very complicated. You have a guy on a hill. Everyone else tries to demolish the guy on the hill. So they can be on the hill for like a half a second. And then... Super intense, complicated rules, like don't kill anyone, it's about it. Because it's over here, it's about strength. Not being weak, being strong. And you know what? Some of the greatest lies that men hold about their identity has to do with their strength. That they're not strong enough for whatever the task is. But it's about strength over here. You have an armor over here. The only reason why, in general, and again, we're talking about men and women, but the roles might be reversed somewhat in your marriage from time to time on some of these different things that we're talking about. That's okay. doesn't mean you're not a man. doesn't mean you're not a woman. It means that usually there are these opposites in your relationship. Okay? So over here in guys' world, though, generally speaking, you have armor. And the only reason why you would go to talk to somebody about a weakness, a chink in your armor, is because you don't want to have that pain anymore. And so, you, and you've already spent like a whole week doing this, banging your head against the wall, trying to figure it out yourself. And so you finally go to a friend, someone you trust, and uh, who will not laugh at you and say, hey, man, I'm really struggling with this thing. I don't know what to do. And that guy knows automatically that his friend needs his help. Automatically. Why else would he be sharing this? There's only one reason. So that I can help protect him. I can help him never feel that pain again. So he's stronger. Now, 
you have over here in women's world. Because, I'll get to that in a second. Because you didn't have a husband and wife, a girl and a boy, a co-worker who's a woman and a co-worker who's a guy, a parent, a dad, and a daughter. It doesn't matter the relationship. But you have these two come together, and someone, let's say the wife or the woman, is sharing about this difficult thing that happened. And she's saying, I don't know, I had this big presentation at work today, and I don't know what happened. I just, I don't know what to do. I, oh, I just don't know. And he's thinking, oh, I'm on my white horse. I'm coming in. I'm going to save the day. Here we go. Hey, but he's, again, he's read a few books, so he's going to validate her feelings. <laughs> and so, you know, he waits patiently until she's done. Honey, I'm so sorry. But... If you were to do this, this, and this, you would, and she's like, I'm, you're not even listening to me. And he's like, fine, whatever, just trying to help. What just happened? And it just, that was neither of their hearts. He wants to make sure she never feels that pain again. Because that's what you do over here. You help a brother out. But in women's world, you actually share some of your weaknesses in order to bond together. Now, women may not want to share, but if they are sharing, then there is bonding that's going to happen. So let's say you're at a women's conference, you're, you're somewhere, and some speaker says, you know, you're at round tables with a bunch of the women you don't know, and the speaker says, hey, discuss something really bad that happened to you last week. And the women are like, ugh. Now, that doesn't come out of their mouth. They would just smile. But inside, inside, like, oh, no, you didn't. Like, ah, I don't like you anymore. We just started. Anyway, but what happens is they start sharing. And by the third person sharing, all of a sudden there's a connection starting to happen at this table. It's not weird. It's a connection. The fourth person shares, fifth person shares, sixth person shares. You get, you get to the seventh person, last person at the table. And, and that woman says, you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to share. You know, you just broke the code. <laughs> like, who do you think you are? We all shared. All of a sudden, it's Survivor Island. She's off. I mean, now, none of this, none of this is communicated. But all the other women know she's out of the group. They've bonded. They've bonded. They've hurt each other. They've been vulnerable with each other. They have felt, listen, they have felt they are not alone. They're not an idiot. So, wife, husband, coming together. What do you think she's wanting from women's world? Listening and validating, but also helping me as a woman feel like I'm not alone. Because in fact, if, if we are somehow, you're my best friend, you're my husband, I want to feel connected to you, and you know what, this is what I know. This is what I know, to feel connected. I want to feel connected. And the men just want, they want to protect and help. They're a problem solver. And so you have a situation and this, there are so many countless examples. I'm only going to get to a few today. When Angie and I do marriage workshops, we, we go through a lot more. But there are so many situations where 
I feel like people miss each other's hearts by this much. This much. And when that happens repeatedly, you know what happens? There's a new belief about identity that starts to form. Things like, well, he's just an idiot. Or she's just way too sensitive. That's who she is. He's never going to get me. She's never going to whatever. And things start to build that maybe are, are innocent and fun in the first few years, and we laugh about it, but it doesn't, it doesn't stay there because the frequency of our heart starts to take over and lies start to build about one another, and then division starts to happen. And then you know what you do? You know what we do? We just stop having those conversations because you know what's going to happen. Because we've tried it, and we've tried it, and we've tried it. And so we want to help, I want to help us continue to listen to each other's hearts. Because you know what, men? Maybe what she wants from time to time is for you to share something about how you were an idiot that day and made a mistake. Because then she would feel like, oh, good, I'm not alone in this. That's helpful. Or ask more questions. Because that at least shows that you're interested in, to, to, to talk more. But you know what Ange and I do sometimes is she just gives me a heads up because I, I need all the help I can get. And so we come to a conversation, she, say, she may say, Ted, just listen. And I know problem solver is off. And every now and then when she says, Ted, I want your help, I'm like, boom, bring it on. Here you go. But it helps me. It helps me connect to her heart and vice versa. When I, just a little, it, it takes two seconds. Two seconds. But it makes all the world of difference. Another thing that oftentimes happens um, in relationships is we really misunderstand um, some of our communication patterns when it comes to emotions. So, here we go. This is called an emotional, label, emotional labeling scale. And so... Um, Right here, let's, let's, this, is, this is women here, okay? And uh, on this side, it's like really bad. Uh, rage, like very, very horrible, horrible emotions. Over here, I mean, it's, it's practically heaven. I mean, it is joy, everlasting. So that's, that's the scale we're working with, okay? Right here in the middle is, uh, is okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Now, one of the things that happens in women's world from a very early age is something, men, pay, pay attention, something called emotional labeling. They, at a very early age, you can, you can even see this in, in young girls many times. Not, not all. Again, I'm generalizing today. But you, you have young women, young girls who are playing, and I remember this from my daughter one time, uh, my oldest. She was like, oh, it's a princess or it's some sort of situation. And I was like, what's wrong? And, and she's like, oh, princess is so sad. I mean, she's struggling. Everyone's left her. She's got no one to turn to. There's a dragon coming. There's something happening. And I mean, it was heavy. She had been up earlier in the day. She was happy, but then people walked away. I mean, it was just, it was intense. And then one of my sons might have come in and said, hey, what, what's happening, sis? What, you know, what's happening? And she explains it to him, and he's like, ah, dragon, ah, dead. Game over. You know? I was like, okay, two different worlds colliding here. Not sure what just happened. But women from an early age, they learn some labeling. Things like, uh, 
you know, not okay, right here. Um, annoyed, annoyed, frustrated, um, angry. Um, and, and it goes down, right? There's, and, and women talking to other women, they use these labels and they, and they know what they actually mean. Like they're different. It's, it's amazing to me. Over here, um, you know, you have okay, you know, you have good, you have things like fantastic, amazing, you know. I mean, again, labels, 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 all over the place, labels. And women know how to communicate each other with, with these labels. And you see even little girls, they, they're able to, to label their emotions usually much more easily than men. Now, uh, the, the problem is with guys, one of the problems That entire scale, it's fine. <laughs> you know? How you doing? I'm fine. It doesn't even have to be verbal. It can just be, how you doing? That's fine. You know, it could be fine. It could be, uh, it could be okay. You know, it could be a shrug, whatever it might be. But one of the things we hear all the time from women is like, Man, he said he was fine. The next thing was like a switch went off and he went into a temper and what happened? Well, he was fine. <laughs> right there. And then one more thing, it is not fine anymore. It's not fine anymore there. And so early on, this is, this is true in our relationship. Um, early on in our relationship, you know, we were getting dressed for a date or whatever and my wife uh, gave the question of, hey, honey, how do I look? And I had a moment I'm not proud of, where I said something like this, oh, honey, you look really good. She said, fine, I'll go change. I'm like, whoa, no, no, I mean, you look great. You look amazing. And I couldn't come up with any other words, but you know, I, I was stumbling. But what happened? I said she looked good. What did she hear? She heard good. And in a moment, we miss each other's hearts because of some of the differences that we've grown up with. And instead of connecting that moment, we disconnected. And uh, I'm not gonna get into this too much, but there is a great study throughout scripture is to look at the importance of unity. The importance of unity. From the beginning of marriage, but I'm talking in general, the church being unified, and this, this push that the enemy tries to do to not let us be one. If he can just get us not to be one, then a lot of things start falling apart. And I think a lot of being unified as a couple or unified at a workplace or whatever towards a common mission has to do with some of these little moments. Some of these little moments. Opportunities to be unified. Another thing that happens a lot in relationships between men and women is... Um, Here is, here's a woman's brain, woman's brain, here's a man's brain. And some of you have heard this stuff before, you've, you've read different books, um, there's lots of gender difference books out there, and I would just challenge us all, even if you know it, how would you share it? You see it, you share it. How would you share this with other people? And not just take it in, but how would you share it with other people, okay? So man's, uh, woman's brain, uh, man's brain. So a woman's brain is like um, a studio apartment. Okay, tell me what a studio apartment is. 
One room. One room. No walls, really. And so you have things like um, food, friends, right, money. Um, you can have, like, work. You get the idea. Emotions, uh, bathroom, activities, all this stuff. And it's all, it's, there's, no, there's no walls. It's all just kind of swirling around. Everything's connected to everything else. It's all connected. It's all swirling. It's amazing. It really is. It's fascinating. And again, part of this is to understand some of these differences and see the beauty of the creativity of our God. And not to belittle them or dismiss them, but to go, God, you are so creative. Thank you. Now, a guy's, a guy's brain is... We got rooms, folks. It's food. It's friends. I'll, I'll do the same. I'll do the same thing. Uh, money, um, work, okay, emotions, bathroom. It's, it's a separate room, you know. But you, you got you got you got stuff. Now now, there's something really beautiful right here. It's called a hallway. Now what's in the hallway? Nothing. Nothing. And so, literally, I mean, but, but listen, what, what, in all seriousness, what can happen where we miss each other's hearts? I could be outside working the yard for three hours, let's just say. And I come in, and my wife asks, man, you're out there a long time. What were you thinking about? Nothing. And I'm not lying. I don't even know. I don't even know how the lawn got mowed. I totally forgot. I mean, it just it happened. I don't even know. But because of how we listen and communicate to one another, what might, what might sink in? What's he hiding from me? What's he hiding from me? Because this bad boy doesn't turn off. So what are you saying you thought about nothing you're hiding from me? And that lie, that, that little tiny seed grows, and it grows, and it grows. And so all of a sudden, it's not he's just hiding about stuff in the yard, but what's he hiding at work? What's he hiding on his computer? What's he hiding? And men start going, well, gosh, she doesn't believe me anyway. Why do I even talk anymore? She's going to get upset at me for telling the truth? Fine, I just won't talk. It's a lot easier that way. I'm just going to, in a lot of relationships, a lot of work situations, there's just, there's just a, a silent contract. I'm just not going to talk about it anymore because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work out. And you have situations, again, where a, a woman might ask a, a, her husband or a man, hey, how did that thing, you know, I'm, 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 I'm recounting something at work, and I'm telling Angie, I'm saying, okay, so this happened, and this happened, and it was awesome, and we did this, and I gave that big presentation, and, you know, it was, it was fine. And then, you know, we kept going, and she's like, no, really, how did that, how did that presentation go? And I, and I pause for a second. I think about it. You know, I think it went okay. I think it went, you know, good, which, of course, is completely nondescriptive. 
But it was good. And she's not buying it. She's not buying it. Now, women, why is she not buying it? I'll tell you. Because in women's world, you don't pause on the truth. Hey, do you like, uh, you like what I'm wearing? Pause. Yeah, lie. <laughs> you don't pause. Everything's connected. That truth is right there. If there's a pause, it's because they're trying to come up with a different answer. That's not the truth. But in guys' world, a lot of times, now guys, you gotta back me up. You can't start doing stuff. You gotta be honest. In guys' world, I was talking about work. She asked an emotional question. I got some traveling to do. I'm serious. I gotta switch gears. But again, guys, 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 this is so, it can wreck relationships because again, these little things that come from these different worlds start to seed lies about each other. And we, and we stop trusting the best in each other. Why did he pause? Why won't he just tell me his emotions? Oh, he just isn't in touch with his emotions. He's just a rock, a stone, cold-hearted, whatever. Whatever it might be. And, and there, there are these things that start to build. It's like a little wall in our, in our relationships. And they literally, we're this close to each other's hearts and we don't even know. We're this close. We just miss it. It's a little bit because of some of these differences. It's amazing. And already there's, there's potential judgments that some of you have already had. I know I've had. Women are looking at this and there might be a chance, some of you, now probably not you, this is a, this is a family Christian camp. Other people, other women, might look at this and go, oh, those poor men. They're so simple. Simple-minded in their little boxes. I feel so sorry for them. And men might look at this and go, I'm tired just looking at it. <laughs> what happened there? What, is that abstract art? Like, what is that? And I just want to say, one of the things that's changed the trajectory of our relationship is, I can go to God and go, God, you know one of the worst things, and I'll talk about this probably tomorrow, one of the worst things for me as a man is to be bored. Thank you for not allowing me to be bored with my wife. She's complex. She's changing. She's connected. But you know what, God, you made me for adventure. I'm actually really glad that she's wired like this. And something else. This helper helpmate that we started with in, in Genesis. This is, this is the, in Hebrew, this is the same sort of language that's used later on for Israel's military allies. Same sort of descriptor. It's not just this, oh, I'm at your beck and call to help you, whatever. There is a strength that God has put in women. You know, one of the things, men, that I, I hope we can continue to encourage, what's something really unique about a military ally? They can see the enemy coming before the home country. Because they're not, they're not where the home country is. They're, they're a little bit distance away. They can see the approach of the enemy many times before the home country. And they can give intelligence to the home country. 
And I can't tell you how many times, and I can't figure it out. I'm talking with somebody, I'm talking to some woman, and just briefly, they're like, hey, how are you doing? Da, da, da. And Ange comes to me later on and says, watch out for her. I said, we talked for 10 seconds. She said, just watch out. I'm telling you. I, got, I, I felt something. I'm like, whatever. That's how I used to think. And sure enough, three months later, something would happen. Right? She can see women many times, because of how every, so much of how things are connected and how God's wired them, they can sometimes see patterns in things. And men are still going, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to listen to you. And I'm just saying, men, try listening. Just, just give it a shot a few times with some of the things that they may be seeing because God might have, it might be not a coincidence that God wired them up that way for a reason. Not to start fights, but to be a teammate, to be an ally. And women, there's so much complexity in your life, so much complexity in your life, that one way you can look at this particular diagram is to be able to go, thank you, God, that for a lot of men, it's pretty straightforward of how things can be good. And maybe that's something to celebrate. And so again, this is, this is one of those differences that can continue to creep up in our lives. Another, this, is another, this is a bonus hint right here. This is why bathroom talk at the dinner table doesn't work very well, men. Yeah, I know you went into that room. It's all connected. She's like, oh, it's so disgusting. He's like, what? It's so funny. What are you talking about? Because she's trying to eat. It's connected. For some, women, for some women, I'd say. Some other things that I think are really helpful. Again, this stuff can just come up. It can just, it can just come up in your marriage. It can just come up in relationships. It can come up in your workplaces. It can come up for your students in school, and they don't understand each other, and things, and things kind of blow up. Uh, men's world, in particular, is, is usually built more around competition. Women's world, in particular, especially at younger ages, you see this in a more pure form in younger ages, is built around collaboration. And so you have simple things that cause problems, like... We go to the grocery store, and I'm thinking, okay, honey, you take the odd aisles. I'll take the even aisles. We'll knock this list out, half and half. We'll meet back at whatever, whatever checkout is the fastest, and we'll get this thing done. Ready? And break. She's like, let's just do it together. I'm like, oh, it's not the fastest. We can do this so much more. We can break a record today. I've seen. We can do this. But again, I, I know we all laugh, but you know the, the little seeds of, gosh, why is he not choosing me? Just got planted. Why is she just a killjoy all the time? Like, I just want that to be fun. Seed planted. One of my favorite ones, uh, I've, I've grown in this too. I feel like I'm the one always learning stuff. Andrew already knows it. Um... We used to, don't raise your hand if this is you. Don't raise your hand. You can raise your hand on the inside. Um, we have two cars going to the same location for whatever reason. We're leaving at different times, you know, for, after the program or whatever. Kids got to go to this practice, whatever. And I'm always thinking, hmm, I think I can beat her there. If I take the shortcut, you know, 
And that used to be something that really, it was like, ah, I was thinking it was like the best idea ever. She's like, where did you go? I was afraid something happened to you, you know? It's little stuff, isn't it? But we end up missing each other just, just by a little bit. We just miss each other by a little bit. And those little misses, we're, we're never going to get them all right. But I, I want us to understand that there is, there is beauty in these differences and there is some understanding that we can have of each other's hearts, regardless of what comes out of our mouth and regardless of what some of our actions do. For instance, another one. Over here in Guy's world, in Guy's world, you follow the leader. You want to lead? You got to stand up, talk to other people. You got to talk about your experiences, you know, because it's good to be experienced over here. You know, some, some guy says, oh, yeah, well, I just went to Yellowstone. Oh, yeah, I've been there five times, actually, five times. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad your one time was good. But it, you, you do what you can to stand up from the crowd, to stand out from everyone else, because whoever stands out and isn't a complete jerk, like I get all that, but someone who is more experienced, someone who has, uh, you know, different things that, that make them stand out, a lot of guys would go, oh man, that is impressive. I'm gonna follow that guy. In women's world, if you have a group of women together, and there's one particular woman, that the same exact comment. Oh, I took it back from Yellowstone. Oh, really? I've been there five times. Over. Relationship, over. No do-overs. Done right there. Dead. No, see, leaders over here, leaders don't stand out. They connect in. The woman who can connect with the most women in empathy and sympathy and, and oh man, I feel like she understands me. She gives me the right amount of space. And all. That, that woman becomes the leader. She becomes the leader. And so you can imagine problems. Let's just say um, you both are going to a party, which none of us do because we have kids anymore. But anyway, um, we're going to a party. We're going to a get-together. It's, it's a work Christmas party. Whatever it is, you're going. And what's he thinking? Man, I want to make a good impression. It's time to stand out. And she's thinking, please don't tell that one story. It's so embarrassing. Right? Because she sees his actions as ruining the potential for her relationships. Because they're connected. And he's seeing his actions as, I'm going to impress everybody to give more opportunity for more relationship. Completely opposite. Yay! Adventure! But you know, even just that one instance, we've, we've talked to couples that it's like, there is, it started out as like, oh, it's fine. But over the years, it goes back to that one thing, oh, when you're always at the party, you're always at, it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Because somewhere deep down, there's a lie about he doesn't value me or my way or, or she doesn't value me or my way and what's the problem? Why can't she just accept me for who I am? Why can't he just accept me for who I am? And there's a miss about the truth of a little bit of who we are and how we've been made. And seeds get planted and they start blowing up in our lives. Just blowing up, blowing up. 
again. We do have a choice. A choice to be grateful. Um, gratitude is fascinating. I have um, handouts. That's why you all brought pens. Now some of you are like, oh, I forgot a pen. It's okay. We still love you. But I'm going to talk just very briefly about the five love, love languages. Who's done the five love languages in the past? Anybody? Okay, good. A lot of you? Okay. So um, this is not the Bible, the five love languages necessarily. It's not, I'm not saying it's scripture. I'm not saying it's the golden key to everything. But can it be, again, it can be very insightful so we don't miss each other's hearts. Because when we miss each other's hearts, seeds of lies get planted. And that's the real problem. That's the real issue. And so you have these five love languages, and I have, a, I have a love language profile that I can hand out to everybody um, at the end if they want it. It takes literally three, four minutes. And if you've done it, like, oh, yeah, I did that 15 years ago. Yeah, it changes. It can change. It's changed in our lives several times. Okay? But, but here's, here's a couple things. Um, you have acts of service. I'll explain all this in a second. Acts of service. You have physical touch, which is not just sex. I heard that. Acts of service, physical touch, gifts, which is not just financial, okay? Acts of service, uh, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Affirmation and quality time. Okay, very briefly. These are the love languages. Basically the idea is, is that we can all feel love differently. Things are nice, but we feel loved by someone differently than maybe someone else. And so we might feel loved, really loved, when someone does something for us, serves us in some way. Or when someone, when there's just more physical touch. Again, hand holding, you know, arm around the shoulder, all, all kinds of things. Gifts. This is unexpected evidence of how you feel. Unexpected evidence how you feel, okay? Words of affirmation are words of affirmation. It's pretty straightforward. Quality time, this is not being in the same physical space together. This is focused attention on one another. Now, how does this come into play? Again, because when we miss each other's hearts, lies, uh, seeds of lies get planted, Early on in our relationship, uh, like every other personality profile for Ange and I, we're completely opposite. Like not even like, it's not like here and here, it's like bam, opposite. So of course, my two, acts of service, words of affirmation, hers, gifts, quality time. So what would happen? She'd be having a hard day. And I'm like, oh, I want to love her so well. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get that honeydew list, and I'm going to knock it out. Like, I'm going to fix everything that be fixed. I'm going to break stuff just so I can fix it. I mean, I'm going to do this, right? Because we tend to love another person the way that we want to be loved. Same thing with the gender differences. We communicate as if we're communicating, honestly, not just the same sex, but to ourselves. We communicate to ourselves. Our expectations usually revolve around, how would I hear that? What would I mean by that? Okay, it's the same thing here. So I would like to spend two hours knocking out all these projects, and what is she doing? Oh, I'm actually at a greater deficit. Because it, it was actually less quality time. 
That was hers. And I would go, she, not that she was upset, but she wasn't feeling like recovered in love. I'm like, honey, I've done all this stuff for you. Like, don't you feel love? She's like, yeah, it's nice. I'm like, nice. I know what that means on that scale. It's not good. It's not, it's not even good. It's like worse than good. I don't know good, good's not good. Because that's not her main way of feeling loved. And so this shows up in a lot of different ways. If it's not one of your love languages, it's usually harder to produce for the other person, even when you know that it's what they, it's what they need, it's what they want, okay? Um, words of affirmation. We always joke about this. I am so shallow when it comes to words of affirmation. Every single day, every day. And Ange is like zero on this as far as this particular thing that I'm talking about. Um, though you are growing a lot. Well done. You're growing faster than I am. Um, Every single day, before I go to work or something, or before I have a presentation or go speak somewhere, if she would say something like this, like, honey, you go get them. You go and knock it out. I'd be like, yeah, let's do this. You know? That's all. It can be the same thing every day. And I'd be like, ah, let's do this. You know, she's thinking, oh, it's, so, it's so cheesy. Like, how can I do this? Are you serious? Okay, but again, we, we, we build up, when we don't understand some of these things as well as some other stuff in our relationship, what starts to happen? We start to build up debt. Well, I've done these three things for her. What has she done for me? No, seriously, I've done this stuff right here. I have affirmed her. What has she done for me? Because your, your love languages, your love languages are the only things sometimes that count, that deposit. So maybe she was giving me gifts. She used to write me a note every single day in college. And, and it was awesome. And yet, my scale is like zero here. So it was great. But it wasn't depositing a ton. She may be doing all kinds of things here, all kinds of things here, but I may not be feeling it. And so we build up debt in the relationship and lists start to form based on how we feel loved or not feel loved. And then we go from something called desires to something called expectations. And this gets really dangerous. When, when we move from desires to expectations, the relationship starts becoming very, very cold. You see, at first in our relationship, I, because of acts of service, I might have been like, oh man, if she just, if, if I come home from work, and even though she was working too, if I come home from work and dinner was ready, oh man, because I have like two food rooms. It's awesome. And uh, in my mind. Um, it, it, that's, that's what I wanted. It, I had so much desire for that. It was great. But as that starts to drift down to expectations, at the exact same time, as soon as that moves from desire to expectation, she no longer can win. The best she can do is break even. Because if dinner's ready, should have been ready. What, do you want a cookie for that? Should have been ready. And if it's not ready, oh, man. She can't win. 
she can't win. There's no way for her to win. Once we've transitioned from desire to expectations. And so there's, there's symptoms, just like with a cold. There's symptoms. The first, you start saying the word like. You know, I'd like it if she'd do this for me. I'd like it if he'd do this for me. You know what, he could have done that for me. He could have. I mean, he knows me. He knows me. He should by now, at least we've been married 52 years, whatever. He could have done that. Now we start tipping the scales. She should have done that. She should know better. She should know be by now. He should have done that. And then we start twisting to it. So what does that mean that he didn't do it? What does that mean? Our minds don't just stop with should. It, it goes on. And scripture says, take captive every thought. Make it captive to Christ. And I would just say, I think it's uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, 1 Corinthians 10, 5. Uh, I have to look it up, sorry. Um, that take every thought captive to Christ, including some of those. And then you know you're full-blown into expectations. When you, even, no matter what's coming out of your mouth, but in your head, it's, if he really loves me, if she really, she must do this, he must do this. Because now you're just looking for proof. Now you're just looking for evidence if anything still remains in the relationship. Because you're down here at expectations, and and he can't win or she can't win, but that's not how you're thinking. You're thinking he's got to prove himself at this point to even have a chance. She's got to prove himself or herself at this point. And so as we listen to the language that we have that comes out of our mouth, it's very easy to tell where we are on this in all kinds of different areas, money, physical stuff, children, and one of the only ways to reverse this is to have gratitude. There is nothing like the medicine of gratitude. Because ultimately, when you're living down here, none, none of, no one feels appreciated. And then, and then what? When you, when you don't feel appreciated, what's next after that? Nothing good. And so gratitude, appreciation, will help change your heart back up to desires. And here's, a, here's another warning, and then we need to be done. Here's another warning. If my love languages are these, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be as sensitive sometimes where if, if, Ange, if Ange gives me words of affirmation, I'm not going to understand how big of a sacrifice that was for her because it's so easy for me. And I may do something like, I may write a note. Yes, I wrote a note with like a pen. It wasn't even typed or texted. It was a note like once every two weeks. And she may be thinking, I write 10 notes a day. What's the big deal? And so you miss the sacrifice of the other person because of how easy that particular love language might be for you. And yes, you want it, but you want it in buckets. And we miss each other. And so I'm going to end with a little bit of a prayer here. And uh, we're going to go to God. And again, he, he wants unity in our relationships 
and, and this isn't, again, this isn't just about marriage. It can be any, any of our relationships. You can go to work on Monday. Um, too soon? Sorry. It's only, my bad, that's a week away. Um, you go to work on Monday, and you can be listening. You'll be listening for false identity. You'll hear it all over the place. You can be listening with new ears about this stuff, and you can be like, you, you see one of your coworkers, and you're like, <laughs> he thinks she's a guy. I just, I just heard him say that. I got to talk to him later. Okay. So let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, first of all, that you have made us different and that this is a part of our witness for you as a, as a creator God, that you don't make mistakes. You create us differently. Even from the beginning, Adam and Eve were created differently for different purposes. And Lord, I just thank you for that. And I pray that each of us helps discover more and more in the days ahead of the beauty of some of those differences. Father, I, I just pray that you help us not miss each other's hearts. Lord, that you help us not assume things and lies start to seep in. And it may start with lies about behavior. It may go to lies about capability. Wow, he's not even capable of this. She's not even capable of this, but then it moves into, I just believe that this is true about this person. And then it can go full-blown into, this is just who this person is, and I guess I can't change him. I guess I can't change her. I guess this is as good, maybe this is as good as it gets. We've been married too long. We can't, we can't get back, or we've only been married a couple days. We, we don't know where we're going. Lord, there are lies all over the place. And so, Father, right now, if there is any lie, right now that we believe about our spouse or someone close to us in relationship, will you just bring that to our mind, please? Because we don't want to believe that anymore. And, Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's done some serious damage in our relationship. And we don't want that anymore. God, we want the fullness of what you have for us. Lord, help us to see in the days ahead as you remove that lie and restore us with truth. Lord, remind us the truth about who this person truly is. Who are they? How do you see them? And God, I pray in the days ahead. Help remind us of that truth. Help us to live more fully alive, our relationships more fully alive, and our witness will grow strong as the Holy Spirit empowers us, and we will be a city on a hill, a light not to be hidden. And Lord, we will shine far because we shine so bright at home. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.